Welcome back, everybody, to the Etcetera's Podcast. As always, I'm Eddie Gonzalez. I'm joined by my man, KD. I'm not even going to do like a long intro. Not even gonna... Y'all see the title. Y'all know who's here. Everybody get ready. We're joined by three-time All-Star, three-time NBA champion, five-time All-Defense, a Defensive Player of the Year, and the self-proclaimed greatest defender of all time, <laughs> Draymond Green. Dre, how you living, man? I'm great, man. I can't complain at all. Can't complain at all. That's that's self-proclaimed, but but numbers are starting to look that way too. Ah, <laughs> I like it, man. I like the confidence. I like the confidence. Uh, and then you, you make for a lot of great fodder. Tony Allen had something to say. That was always fun. And here we are. Like you said, the numbers numbers give you a claim. Numbers give you some something to talk about. How up and down season for you? How's it going? How are you feeling about, you know, the stretch run for you guys? Uh, I feel like every time you talk, you make headlines. Uh, just being honest, though. Like, so how are you feeling about where you guys are right now? Uh, I think it's definitely been an up and down season. Uh, me personally, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm starting to feel a lot like myself again. You know, with my my aggressiveness, my shot, you know, everything starting to fall in place for me. So that's feeling good. Uh, as far as this stretch run goes, um, I mean, shit, it's, you know, it's no surprise. I think we're sitting in the 10th spot. You know, I know I made headlines the other day about this play-in game, uh, you know, and, you know, my my sentiments are still the same on that. You know, that's that's never going to motivate me. But in saying that, you know, as we, we got a very young team, you know, but I think we have enough, you know, to be a playoff team. But, you know, with with most, as most young teams are, we're very inconsistent. You know, so you'll see a game where we come out and we beat a very good team, and then we go out the next game and we're down 60, you know, to to the Toronto Raptors. And, you know, yeah, Steph didn't play, I didn't play. But that's still – that's never an excuse to be down 60 points um, mm -hmm. in, in any NBA game. Yeah. So, you know, but that's been kind of the, the tell of this entire season for us. It's just been a lot of – inconsistencies and that's normally what hampers young teams so dre i gotta um i'm this always gonna stand out to me when you was a i want to say probably your first or second year in the league and we played y'all and as soon as you got in the game you let your presence be known you talk you was talking you started that came at me first and nobody usually did that when we played against other teams it was, it was shit talk me so you came right at me first i looked at you i'm like who the fuck so, what, like, was that your coming into the league as a second round pick? Was that your mindset? Is to let your let, let people know on the court, no matter who was on the court, that Draymond Green here to make an impact? Like, was that your as soon as you got into the league, that was your mentality? I knew that had to be my mentality. You know, you remember when I was coming in the league, they used the word tweener, which you don't hear that word no more. You know, because guys like myself and you, believe it or not, where yeah. you could go to three to the four then it didn't matter no more and it made that word irrelevant but that word was like a death sentence when I was coming out of college you know and so um coming out they're, they're talking all the tweener shot I knew I just had to bring a different chip than any other guy that was considered a tweener if I wanted to make it and my goal wasn't to just make it. My goal was to make motherfuckers regret ever using the word <laughs> tweener and thinking it was a bad thing. And so I'm coming out with that mindset and, you know, coming on to the Warriors, coming on to a team that had been beat for years, 
you know, and, and just kind of was the laughing stock. Mark Jackson told me from the very beginning, the, the exact guy that you are, you've been, when I talked to him after they drafted me, that is the exact guy I want you to come here and be. Don't take a backseat to nobody. You come in with that aggressiveness, you bring that aggressiveness. And so, you know, um, when I'm, so now, you know, we play against LeBron, we play against you. And I've watched niggas for years back down to both of y'all. And, you know, as great as y'all are, I don't ever understand anybody just backing down. <laughs> yeah. And so me, uh, with sometimes my irrational sense of confidence, I'm like, fuck that. Nigga. Like, you ain't about to do shit. I'm at your ass. I don't give a fuck who you are. <laughs> now, had I known better, one thing, if you know anything about K, one thing K hates most is a bum. <laughs> shit to him. Like any bum talks shit to K, he hate that more than anything. <laughs> and, you know, I end up catching catching the fifty four on our head. But, <laughs> you gotta you gotta let niggas know you there, man. That's what that's what I don't appreciate with a lot of young guys in the league today. Like they they come in, they 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 entitled, and I don't like that shit. I see them come in and look, they and they friendly too. It's like. They would come in on the court. What's up, big homie? Like, how you doing? Like, I, I, that's cool. That's we can say that for after the game. But I'm used to young players coming into the league with like, yo, I'm coming into the basically. I'm walking into the ghetto and I'm the newest dude on the block. Like, it's no, it don't feel like it don't feel that way no more. You feel that in the league too? Absolutely. They nothing like that. They soft as hell. Man, I found myself this year trying to talk shit to some of these young dudes that won't talk. <laughs> And they like trying to be a friend. Yeah. But that's what these young dudes do nowadays, man. I don't understand it. Well, I feel like the league is in a place now where it's like the AU is become, it's almost like the miniature NBA now, like the EYBL and all these dudes, all these camps. And like, I mean, we was the same way playing AU. We just became friends after a while. But once we stepped on the court, though, we understood like, and we looked at rankings. We looked at which guys was going where. Like that stuff was a healthy competition, I felt. For us, you know what I'm saying? Because I wanted to be better than Darrell Arthur and Thaddeus Young coming out of my class. You know what I'm saying? But we still yeah, kicked it as homies, and we still homies to this day. So, But I, I feel as though that shit is definitely changing in the league. Well, it's, it's changing because these you know, these guys are also they, – they even tied in, in a, at a different level than what we were. You know, they, they, they brothers and all this shit on social media, shout out this dude, all of that. You know, and so they're even more tied together than we are but they're losing the sense of competitiveness. Like you said, like, hey, when are we going to start going at these people next? Like, they don't have that mentality no more. You know what I'm saying? They don't have, I'm doing this for the love of the game mentality. A lot of these little dudes are doing it for a good Instagram account. And so I think what, what drove us and what's driving them is two different things. And it's showing in their competitive level. I feel, I, and and I, I hate to sound like, we sound like fucking Barkley and, 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 <laughs> and, and Clyde. Nah, keep going. Y'all cooking. Keep but going. But at the same time, you see, you it's easy now to spot them ones, though. You get what I'm Facts. saying? Like, you see them ones that, like, the John Morants. You see them ones that, um, the... Even the guys that, that may be younger coming off the bench, let me think of a few guys, like the Miles Bridges, like those dudes, they mm -hmm. want it. You know what I'm saying? They want yeah. to they want to elevate and, and 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 get better and evolve as players. And shit, I feel like I feel like a lot of young dudes internalize that stuff too. They're not really, you know, outwards with you know how great that they want to be right now. But I feel it's it's a lot of talent in the league, young talent in the league. 
I think I, it's definitely a lot of young talent. You know, when you look around the league, it's it's more talent around the league, I think, than it's ever for been. sure, by far. You know what I'm saying by it's, far, it's a talent. lot of talent for sure. So, I mean, I think from from a talent standpoint, the league is in the good space. You know what I'm saying? But as pure basketball lovers, you know what I'm saying, who love competition and like to see everybody competing at the highest level, I think they got to catch up in that department. Man, but it's, it's a lot of factors, though, that play into all of that, especially with the way the games are being played, how fast the game is being played, um, how spread out and wide open the game. So it's taking away a little bit of the physicality. So sometimes when I first came into the league, you might get into something with somebody just running through the lane. You know what I'm saying? You might mm-hmm. get a little chuck yeah. in the chest, and that might bring out some intensity within the game. Now it's just so fast. You can't even touch players because he's moving so fast. So I think a lot of that stuff factors into like what people like fans and media, guys talking about the competitiveness of the game. I think it's more cerebral than anything. And you got to use your mind more so just in your physicality. So, I mean, I can see the evolution. And I can see why people say, well, you guys aren't competitive as the guys back in the days. You know what I'm saying? I could feel that too, but I also could feel like our game is changing and evolving into a, a more dynamic sport. We talk about this a bit, and I want to ask y'all both because you guys are kind of responsible, almost more responsible than anybody else. Like, the game is played in such a different way now. And like you said, it's not as much banging. It's a lot of it's a lot of just running, shooting. Um, you know, like how do you guys feel watching that as it happens? Because we came, you guys came up playing different types of basketball. Now everybody's kind of trying to replicate what you guys do. Everybody's looking for a Draymond they can run their offense through, but who can play defense and rebound. And everybody's looking for a seven footer who can shoot. And it's taken a little bit out of that. And it's to me as a fan it's made the game like a little bit less fun to watch because everybody plays so similar. Like you remember back, you know, it used to be systems going against each other. It used to be guys like, all right, well we got two seven footers. So we kind of got to play this high low game. And then now, now it's just everybody they're five out, you know, one, five pick and roll spread, pick and roll, whatever they're doing. And it's, you got shit, what you said, Draymond, you got bums, like have to throw up five threes a game. It's like, why are you, you shouldn't be shooting that much. Like, how do y'all feel watching the game? Because you guys are kind of responsible in a lot of ways. Like, does it, does it feel like that to you? Like, it's not as interesting? It's not as fun? I think people misconstrue what we were doing. And so, you know, when, when people watched us play the, the game of basketball, the, the only thing they took away from, from watching our teams play was that we shot threes. But the reality is, is Kevin Durant shot more mid-range jumpers than probably anybody in the NBA. Steph Curry will take a mid-range jump shot. Klay Thompson would take a mid-range jump shot. And so, whereas people went like, oh, man, they're shooting threes and we're in a copycat league. Sean Livingston mm-hmm. taking mid-range. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like when somebody sees something successful, it's like, oh, we need to mock that. And so everybody starts shooting a bunch of threes. And before you know it, from one year to the next, we were a team that shot top three threes in the league to like 17th or 18th in one year. Mm -hmm. And I think people have lost that part of the game. And so you see a lot of these guys that they can either shoot the three or they can go to the hole. You know, when you look at Damian Lillard, for instance, the the difference in Dame game now and what's taking him to another level is he found the in-between game. He could always get to the cup. He could always shoot the three. But you once once you got him in-between – 
it wasn't so great. Now you look at Dame, who is extreme competitor, who is one of the hardest workers I've seen when, when you talk just putting the work in. Like Dame puts his head down, he puts the work in, he gets better every year. He got his in-between game, and now it's taking him to the superstar level that he's at today. And I think that's that's a lost art in this game. And I think that takes away from the quality of the game. Now, now you get guys who shouldn't be shooting a ton of threes out there taking eight threes a game. It's like, bro, you like, why are you doing that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you said about Dame, I feel the same way about James Harden. And not that he utilizes the mid-range, but he gets to the nail, he gets in the paint, and he'll throw up that floater. He'll throw up that lob. And so now you have to guard him in that space. You can't just fly and run him off the three-point line because it's like, okay, cool. Now I have this 10-foot floater. It's That's two. And he's another one. And there's a lot of guys, like you said, a lot of guys are utilizing that space on the floor. I just seen this article about Rui from the Wizards, and it was like he should take zero mid-range shots. I was like, why? <laughs> he should be shooting a lot. You guys are losing 50 games this year. Like He should shoot a lot from everywhere. So it's just a weird space, like a, a weird space for the game. And then I feel like, and you guys would know best because you went through title run, title run, finals run, and just how long those seasons are. I feel like guys are teams too. They're they're in it for the marathon. So we end up with these these weird like midseason games that they don't seem as competitive, or guys are out, or guys are getting hurt a lot. So it's just a weird basketball's in a weird space to me. Do do you see it like that too, Kev? Like you've got to watch the last two years and, and really see it as you know from the bench and. You know, you're playing now, but you've got to see it for the last two years from that space. Yeah, and uh, just from analyzing, the, you know, trying to, just the, the, the evolution of the game, just how teams are playing overall in the league, just the offense that's being used. Because it's a copycat league. Once one team do something, then the rest of the league will just eventually follow. So, like, you're seeing more injuries because I feel like there's more pace and we're using more possessions in a game. So, and guys are the most athletic and – in the world, so they up and down, jumping, using so much force to get up in the air and run 94 feet back and forth, you know, so you see more Achilles injuries, you're seeing more foot injuries, knee injuries, and it seems like to me that's just because of the pace of the game. And then, now I'm seeing a lot of, um, you know, training staffs being hired that were former soccer uh, trainers, you know, so because they seeing how much load we put on our bodies is, you know, as far as how much mile, how many miles we running, they track how many miles we running in the game, you know. So I think all that stuff is factoring into like injuries here and there, guys being out in key matchups. You seeing LeBron and AD out for four weeks, you know. You seeing guys out not just two or three games. You seeing guys Gordon Hayward out four weeks, you know. You seeing stuff like that. The game is just so fast paced, man. You seeing. I watched us play Charlotte the other day, and we got up like it felt like we got up like ten shots without the possession stopping. Like both teams, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, shit. I know these dudes is tired. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So it's just, it's just, a, it's just the game right now. Is just so quick. The athletes are so innovative. You know what I'm saying? Dudes are just doing yeah. shit on the fly that you've never seen before, and it's it's good for the game. But you also seeing some of the, you know, the effects of it too. With, with with that going on, was it tough for y'all to stay locked in? Y'all y'all were both making deep playoff runs for like a decade straight, and then you guys did it together, obviously for three years. And Dre, you you set the record for wins. Next year, you you know number one seed again. And is it tough to stay locked in day in day out with championship pressure as well? Like you guys did that for years and years and years. 
Um, I don't think it's necessarily tough to stay locked in per se, because the reality is with championship expectations, the expectations that the world has of us, that the media has of us, they will never exceed the expectations we have for ourselves. Mm. So the expectations when you're at the level our teams were at, like that comes with the territory. Um, I think from a staying locked in standpoint, though, I don't care who you are over the course of an 82 game season, like every game just not going to mean the most. Right, right. I think for our teams <laughs> that we had, those teams were so great that even though 80, 82 games, they didn't mean the most, we were still talented enough to beat mm-hmm. everyone. And when we really locked in and focused, like we would have season, stretches of the season where we would say, yo, we're approaching these next two weeks like playoffs, you know, so let's lock in and let's work on these things. And like we would go like nine and one over the course of that time and shit like that. And so, you know, I think for us, we used to use like the challenge with the game within the games to keep that focus. Cause every game just like over the course of 82 game season, every game will never mean the same. Like that's, that's, that's just cliche. I think that's typical, right? Like people forget, you know, you guys have, day-to-day lives outside of the court and, and yeah. it's a job so shit we all go to work on the wrong monday and like yo like <laughs> this ain't it you know and y'all work is strenuous it's physical you might be away from home for two weeks at a time like mm-hmm. i think it's typical and it's you know it's nothing wrong with that people make it like y'all oh y'all gotta be on the court 24 7 and shit but that's life right that's that's just kind of like the ups and downs yeah, I mean, we had veterans on that team, too. You had guys that have been in the league for 10-plus years. So it's like, you know, their approach to the game is just way different than a younger team. It's just like they know exactly what they in here to do. They know who they are as players and as men. And that just makes shit way easier. So, like like you said, we had played these games a lot. Like, yo, we got 10 games to lock in on this. We're going to play this type of defense. We're going to simplify our offense this much. And let's just see how we do. And then in the next 10 games, we'll just figure something else out. And it was just like, well, you got smart guys that have been in the league. They can just switch, turn that switch on like that mentally. And then their body's always there because they go into work, actually. They come in in the morning and get worked on and then, you know, wait for the next opportunity. So like, guys really treated it. I learned a lot being with the Warriors because that shit was like a real job. And you had to bring your best. You can't be, you couldn't be out there just slacking. You know what I'm saying? You had to bring that shit. No, definitely. That that comes with it though. You know, like when 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 you got a championship culture, you know, and as we built over those years, like you have to be locked in. No matter what the situation is, like you have to be locked in. Now, like I said, every game not gonna mean the same, but you still have to be locked in because you don't win the championship in June. You know what I'm saying? You win the championship in December, January, February. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of if every game means the same or not, that's one thing. But you build habits. You know what I'm saying? And if you're not building the right habits, them shits catch you. And the good thing about a good team, though, is like we'll let some habits slip for like six games. And like we won't say shit. Then halftime, the motherfucker come out and be like, yo, last week we ain't been doing this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We don't let shit, shit slide for that long. You know what I mean? I think all the good teams I've been on, even OKC, when we went to the finals, it was just like dudes was paying attention. You know what I'm saying? Looking at the habits that you build, looking at just the schedule of the season, seeing who we got up next, seeing the matchups. Like when you locked in like that, 
basketball is fun as hell. Because it's like a game. Everybody trying to win a game. It's like a fucking video game. We all on the Xbox. And we just like, all right, this how we need to, this is what we need to do to win tonight. And when we all come together and coach know what he need to do to put us in position to win, that shit is like, that shit was like, that shit was like going to an amusement park every day. So it's fun. It's not pressure. People always it's write not. it as pressure. It's, it's nah. fun for you to be able to play at that level. Is is yeah, especially with so much support. You know, fans gonna get behind you when you win, and no matter what, so much support. And then nationally, we was just the, the fucking rock stars of the NBA. It felt like you know what I'm saying. So everybody <laughs> wanted to know what we was doing. <laughs> so I mean, it just it was just a fun time. What about being like the villain? They wrote y'all off as <laughs> y'all ruined the league, right? What was that like? Was that was that funny to you? Was that enjoyable? Because y'all y'all in a, y'all in road arenas. Talking big shit, you know, hitting big shots, and that's got to feel good too, right? I mean, I love that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've kind of yeah. We remember you in OKC. That was that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've been that guy. Like, that's like I said, I had to make it being that guy, mm-hmm. and so I love that. You know what I'm saying? I always say there's no better feeling than going into a, a visiting arena and just shutting their crowd up. You know, there's no better feeling than in fucking Cleveland in game three and K pulling up from, from 40 feet. Like, it's just, there's no better feeling than that. Y'all like, celebrated more than him. <laughs> hell yeah. Like, that, that, like it, and, and by the way, if you got, if you got friends, teammates, workers, or whoever that don't sell, that don't right. celebrate your success more Facts. than you do, Get rid of their ass. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't even need to celebrate. I look over to that fucking sideline and the whole, everybody <laughs> going crazy. It's just like, yeah, my guys got me. That's yeah. what that championship, yeah. that's what that just that winning mentality is. You don't even got to win no chip. It's just like knowing that y'all got a chance, you're going to just come together. Even if you fucking losing a Western Conference Finals or if you even, like knowing that you got a chance to maybe get there and actually put your work in and, and put your foot down to do it, that's what the NBA all about. So let's talk about them them championship runs because, you know, I always tell Kevin, I think I've said it a few times on this podcast, that first, like, half of game one of the 17 finals, that's, like, my favorite basketball I ever saw. Like, I've never seen basketball more competitive and more, like, talented. I remember somebody described it like, it's like it's an all-star game, but everybody's trying really hard. What what were those runs like for you guys as, as you're – were you able to enjoy them even as focused as you are? Or is that like some, you know, you're sitting on the boat in the summer on vacation going, man, that was, that shit was a trip. So are you able to see for, see it for what it is as you're doing it? As you, cause again, championship will bust all three years for you guys. Like, you know, it's, you gotta be locked in. I think, um, I think for me, I mean, I can speak for what our, what it felt like our team amongst our team. Uh, you definitely enjoying it because winning is fun. You know what I'm saying? And so as as tough as it is to win, like losing fucking sucks, bro. Like <laughs> yeah. that shit, that shit sucks. And so as as hard as it is to win, you know what I'm saying? Like that shit is fun. You know, like you, I'm never miserable winning. Like winning, winning is fun. Like they all saying winning cures all. Like that shit not no lie. Like winning cures all, bro. <laughs> and so, like, are you enjoying it? Absolutely. Like, there's no better feeling 
than walking into an arena knowing that we probably going to, in most arenas you walk in knowing like, yep, we're going to win. And then in a couple arenas you walk in like, yeah, we got a great chance of winning this game. You're never, like, it's no better feeling that you walking into arena and you're in your mind, it's never like, yeah, we're going to lose. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, especially last year, you know how fucking bad it sucked to walk into an arena and know like, <laughs> yeah, we're about to lose. That's fucking terrible. So the whole like winning is hard. Like, yeah, it's definitely hard. But winning is always fun, bro. Like, I don't give a fuck what you're doing or where you at. Like, winning is fun. Did y'all have that Tyson feeling? Like, he lost on the scale. Like, I already when as soon as I got in the ring, he lost. Did y'all have that for you know that that run you guys had? For sure. Yeah. For sure. You, can you smell like blood in the water? You get out there and it's like 500 team. You're like, oh, they're done. <laughs> yes. And and especially when we would like get down like 15, it was just like, all right, now, now, we, now it's time. Like that shit was fun. <laughs> when we fuck around the first few six, seven minutes, it's like the team would get up 16, 17, and we'll look around. It's like, well, what are we doing? We can't get blown out. Mm-hmm. And then we just come up and end up winning by double digits. It's like, yeah, that's just that's just who we are. Like, we had like seven, eight games like that. It's just like, all right, that's just a part of who we are. You know, we so carefree as a unit, spiritually, all of us, like individually, like, you know, mm-hmm. we so carefree. Sometimes that affect the game. And then when we lock in, that show like all right, these dudes are super focused on what they're trying to do. It was it was it was a it was a definitely a mental thing you had to fight <laughs> being on that team. <laughs> yeah, I was one of them red teams that you know in my lifetime it could see the intensity turn up. Like you could see it, y'all like you said you be down like fourteen and you just be sitting there like they're gonna win by like ten. They're like they're, <laughs> they there's way too much time and you could see y'all not only on offense y'all can hit shots and be down. But when y'all locked in on defense and you could see Dre flying around on on the backside and you could see Kevin showing on pick and roll and all this shit y'all was doing, you could just see the movement and then it's just like, yeah, they're, they're ready to win now. And the good thing, like, people never realized about us is like, well, you guys are just so talented. It was just like, well, it's a difference when, like, we're not overpowering you with our strength. Like, we're not, like, we don't have anybody that's just like, all right, let's just go get a layup every time. Like, we was beating you from just making a correct play. <laughs> on both ends of the floor. It, yeah. it wasn't necessary. like, yo, we just bigger, better, stronger than y'all. It's faster than y'all. It was like, nah, we just probably just smarter at this than y'all. And we moving it a little. We unselfish here. And we going to get it stopped there. And then our crowd on top of that. Like, it wasn't like no overpowering shit. So when people used to be like, yo, y'all just, yo, of course y'all going to win. I'm just like, oh, it just depends on if we really locked in tonight. Because we not... We don't got these overpowering players that just like walk in and just get layups every time. We got to actually work for our shit too. Yeah, you got. I mean, there's some unheralded guys on that team. I mean, you're not no more. You're all superstars now. But you know, you look Draymond, second round pick, right? You know, Steph is passed up by six six teams, and same with Clay. And you guys are great now. You've showed us that you're great. But a lot of that team, Sean Livingston bounced back from a lot. Andre Iguodala bounced around the league and. Andrew Bogut was a number one overall pick, but then also bounced around. And so y'all had these guys, like you said, you can't overpower with just like individual talent, but as a collective, yeah, when it, you could feel it. You could feel it when y'all start going in. A lot of times it was you too, Dre. Like you could see Dre just moving like on both ends. Like no, we were way, we were way smarter than everybody. And I think that's one of like when to have five guys on the floor that can think the game, mm-hmm. like, that's a very rare thing. And so you add the skill 
and the talent that we had, you know. And then after that, you then start to add on experience because now we've been together for years. And that's like a daily ass combination. Yeah. Like you you better at halftime, you better have been up by twenty. Because if you was <laughs> up by sixteen, you was gonna lose by ten at least. And y'all would flip that sixteen in three minutes. That's like four, you know, that's four threes. Right. Y'all right back at the game and, and the other teams feeling the pressure and shit. It's like, oh man. It's like kind of remind me just like watch uh, a lot of teams fold. Yeah, it kind of remind me like uh you know, like on football, they got like a dangerous kick returner. And it's like it, the game could just swing. Like he yeah. might just run it back 104, and mm-hmm. then the crowd's mm-hmm. into it, and then they fucking blitz us, and we fought, like it just it just t- like kept going, and it was it was crazy to watch. Y- y'all were famous for the third quarters, obviously, and that shit was just like dog. Like Kevin hits a three, Draymond kicks outlet, and somebody gets a dunk, and then Steph hits two threes, and it's a timeout. Y'all motherfuckers will go to timeouts and come back and just still be at it. Like, <laughs> we still going. Like, and so it was, it had to be fun to do it. And in moments, you know, that's the type of shit you dream of, right? Like, we're on a 22-0 run. Holy shit. Hmm. Yo, Dre, you ever think about coaching when you're done? Uh, I think about it, and I don't think I will. Because one, I, the lack of competitiveness in players bothers me more than anything. And I, I don't know how I would handle that as a coach. <laughs> also, when I'm done playing basketball, I don't know that I want to be on a basketball schedule. Man, I've been on a basketball schedule my entire life, bro. That is true. And so when I'm done playing basketball, I, I don't – like a coach schedule, they in the gym as much as us, plus, plus as a bunch of film, plus this meeting, that meeting. They, their schedule in some ways is more strenuous than ours. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and I've been on this schedule since I was four. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be on a basketball schedule when I'm done playing, man. Everybody says TV is the natural move. Are you interested in that or is that just something that's fun to you now? I love it. Yeah? It's, it's fun. Um, I love it because I think it is very hard I find it hard to turn on a TV nowadays and learn something about the game of basketball. We we talked about it a bit on here too. And, you know, y'all the perfect people to ask, honestly, because I hate as a fan tuning into kind of like the dramatic narrative of the game. I love to watch basketball. I don't like to watch TMZ, you know. do Does that irritate y'all? Y'all have had your own share of incidents right like is that frustrate you guys living through it and like you said as a fan i hate turning on the tv and i I watch how they do nfl right and then they do these breakdowns of plays and it's amazing you learn shit like yo i didn't even know the safety was you know he shifted here and now it's covered three and that's how he got the pick or whatever and then you turn into basketball and it's like it's just all drama you know are these two players getting along this and that did you see this coach did you see like is that frustrating for y'all to be in that on a day-to-day basis? I think it's very frustrating. You know, and that's, and that's kind of what I was getting at with, with my TV thing. It's like, I want to, like, my reception that I got from, from doing the TNT thing, a lot of people was reaching out to me like, yo, the way you break down the game, it's incredible. And that was big for me because that's exactly what I want to do. Like, that's exactly what I want people to take away. Like, I want you to turn on your TV and if I'm speaking, you can learn something 
about the game of basketball. You know, I always say the game of basketball is a beautiful sport. It's such a beautiful game, but it's very delicate. And if handled incorrectly, you can really like, it's, it's a very fine piece of art and it's delicate and you can really fuck it up <laughs> if handled incorrectly. True. And like, I'm watching so many people fuck our game up because they don't know the game of basketball. And so they try to apply numbers here where you can't really apply numbers. That's a field thing, you know, or they want to pick at this drama because they can't see what's going on over here on this side of the play. They can only watch one side. They can't process all of the shit that's going on. You know what I'm saying? It's a very delicate game. And nowadays you can't turn on the TV and learn about the game of basketball. And that's because too many people have voices that don't know shit about the game. You know what I'm saying? And and it, and it's it's fucking the game off. And so I, I hate that side of it. I know they overload with analytics, but that annoys me with basketball because there's such a natural feel to basketball that you have. You know, and shit, we like you said, four years old, we grab a ball and go to the park and throw it up there. And you just kind of learn the rhythm of the game and uh, Kevin and I talk about Kyrie all the time. Like his game is so natural and like it's like beautiful to watch. And I'm sure there's analytics that make him say that you should do this or you know you, it doesn't work at the rim or whatever. But it there's such a natural feel to the game and you can see it in certain guys. And we're we're like a decade plus of just the game is being streamlined down to what these analytics say. And some of these players are like robots now. You know, we talked about Rui and they're trying to turn him into that, but he has a natural feel, like the way he runs, the way he jumps. And like, there's a lot of guys like that, but then they're told to play this way, play this robotic way. And it's frustrating. I, I know when you got on TV and was like, yo, a lot of y'all don't know what you're watching. Me and Kevin were like, yo, he's he's podding right now. He's talking that shit because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because we felt the same way. It's like, you know, I don't understand the game on the level that y'all do, obviously, but I'm like, yeah, like those numbers don't tell me everything I just saw. You know what I mean? And then in the playoffs, especially as you go deeper, those numbers, like, they don't fucking matter. Because if it's a tie game with four minutes to go in the finals, yo, we got to get the buckets how we can get them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Like, I feel I feel as though, like, you remember John Hollinger? They used to work at ESPN. Yeah. yeah he was with the Wolves for a while, too, right? Or the, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies first. I felt yeah. I felt when he got hired into, into a franchise, that's what kind of opened up. Mm-hmm the door for a lot of these guys who really don't understand the essence and flow of the art form that you're talking about, but can get it from a numbers perspective. Like it is numbers. Those numbers do matter. Sometimes the efficiency is definitely a part of how you play good basketball, Mm -hmm. but it's also that blurry line of just like, yo, just go get the shit done. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of players in our league that don't, that don't fit that mode of like that perfect efficiency, but they still get shit done. Allen Iverson, for example, guys like that who may not have – if you build the right team, like you said, you got to handle it delicately. If you build the right team around that, it can be successful. And there's a lot of guys in the league, I feel, that maybe don't fit the analytics, but if you put them in good positions, they just good basketball players. Facts. And to take that to take that even a step further, Kay, I think when you, when you look at the game of basketball and, when, and when, you, when you speak on analytics with basketball, Somebody can fit the mold analytically yep. because they know how to get the numbers, right? Yep. And a guy can average 20 and 10 and lose by 40 every night. And, and that same guy 
they can win by 40 and he get 20 and 10. It doesn't affect anything, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, usually those types of guys, it's it's probably not beautiful to watch them do. And so it's like, like you got Rasheed Johnson. Rasheed Johnson uh, puts a piece out. You know, he does, he, he come up with, you know, one of his worst go to the auction. I can go do art too and send it to the auction. But just because both of us can can <laughs> get something on the canvas and, and, and call it art, that doesn't mean that shit is still as beautiful to look at. Yeah. But people try to take this game and they say, well, this guy has these numbers, so he's like that guy. Yeah. And it's like, it nah, bro, that. somebody that's that's averaging 25, they shit may not be as beautiful as Kyrie's. Like, that's fine art. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but just because this guy can also draw on the canvas and end up with that number, like, man, that, that shit don't tell the story. Nah, it's I like what you said, too, because... I just seen some shit and it's like the five most efficient offenses ever or this year or something like that, right? But if you play in a style that is aimed to hit those numbers, you can hit those numbers. You know what I mean? Like if we're only playing this way and it 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 fits into efficiency, of course we're going to be efficient. You know, you still got to do it. You still got to make the shots. But you can play in that way and push that way. And I see players like that. And it's like – of course, this player's numbers are historic because they only do these three things, and that's all they are willing to do. And then you're in a fucked up spot because in the playoffs, that's all they can do. And then, you know, you can't throw it to Kevin on the baseline and say, we need two. Like, these motherfuckers is on a run, and we need two because we got to win this game. And Kevin can go make two happy. You know what I mean? Some of these guys aren't like that. and But it is frustrating to watch. And I always feel vindicated late in the playoffs because we watch guys like – this last decade of basketball, Kevin, Kawhi, Braun, Steph, guys who can make those tough shots, guys who get in the in that moment and can get to whatever spot they need and make the shot they need most. And it 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 proves itself out in the playoffs to me. I remember a game, piggyback on that, a game seven, 2010 in the finals. I think Kobe might have shot like six or 25. But I watched that whole game and I didn't even realize he missed that many shots. Because he was everywhere, grabbing rebounds, getting steals, getting good shots up, not turning the ball. That's an underrated thing, too, when you're trying to win. Yeah. Like, just getting a good shot up or just getting a shot up and not turning it over instead of a turnover. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, running to your spot and pulling up for the mid-range and not creating a long-ass rebound for a fast break, that shit is like making a shot to me in the, in the finals because it's like, yo, we, it's all about possession. So, it's like Kobe was doing that little shit in the, in the finals that made me realize it's just like – it really don't matter. And I was really huge on, like, efficiency. Like, I need to make every shot. I just need to be perfect. Then I watched that game. I was just like, all right, I want to be efficient, but at the same time, you just got to go. You might have to just go get a bucket over two or three people or just get a shot up on a rim. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we go in. We try, it feels like we're trying to tiptoe. It's a balance you got to have between that, but I feel like we're trying to tiptoe on just, like, being perfect. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, no, you definitely – because the reality is – your your shots you get up on offense, like that is the start to your defense. You know, if, if you just turning the ball over, your defense never gets set. You get a shot up, the floor is balanced, you get back, you build your defense, and now that that's the beginning of that. Somebody said that to me one time about a certain player. It's like if you think about these terrible threes they take as like eight out of ten of them are turnovers. You'll wish he stopped shooting that them them turbos. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a yep. good point. And and to what you're saying, like the numbers don't say it all. 
like defense. You know, a lot of people lean on like defensive field goal percentage. But you know what really good defense is? If I make you not shoot and then you got to pass, like then I did really fucking good. Like it won't show up on anything. There's nothing that will show like I, I, I walled you off and I pinned you to the corner or whatever and you had to kick it out. But I did really good, you know. So it's like I like to, I like to watch the game. You know, I don't like to see the numbers. <laughs> and a lot of people rely on the numbers and it's it's frustrating as a fan i think i'm intrigued about guys like you uh d wade and this generation of players getting into tv because there will be another narrative you tell you know we we just watched 20 years of basketball where the 90s and 80s guys basically told us the story of basketball and as you guys start getting to to these desks and start telling us it, it i think it'll be different i think it'll be a, a little bit different narrative and I think y'all be a little more supportive of the of the current players too, <laughs> because those guys, man, they go in and it's like, come on, bro. <laughs> I feel like the dudes playing now are gonna be great storytellers when they're done playing, because we we actually like evolving the game, like we mm -hmm. actually are creating a new style of play right now yeah. in real time. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like simultaneous with like the with the mute going on in music, like the change in sound, like that's what's happening in basketball mm -hmm. and shit. So and I think we'll be able to explain it better as you know time get, goes on. <laughs> and the guys that we got in the league now, Draymond's, just shit, me, Steph, LeBron, who got media companies, who got a voice out here, who really trying to tell real stories. Like that shit is going. The way they dress it up is going to be incredible. And I and I feel like a lot of guys are like Jared Dudley. Even guys, so many guys are going to be on TV going forward. I think it's going to change and flip the way we watch and hear the game and learn the game going forward it's funny one guy who really wanted to focus on the x and o's and made a show of it and shit you did it kevin you did the show too kobe kobe made mm -hmm. detail and he yeah. sat there and said look at this shit that y'all don't see and he's mm -hmm. doing this yeah. you know and it was mm -hmm. slightly critical like he, he would criticize like maybe you should have did this or whatever but it's kobe like who, if anybody can criticize you know what what k you do on the court it's a guy like that like you know if i was kevin i would have did this but he did it really well and so eloquently and you know, they, they took that to football and they carried that on and, you know, you did it and it was dope watching that and shit, Kerr did it and Phil Jackson, I think, did one and, you know, a lot of guys locked into that and it's a dope shit. I'd love to shit, you know, to pitch Draymond here, but I think it would be dope for you to do one too because we know your basketball mind is it's like that. You had that IQ, so. I definitely looked into it, but no, that show is great and I think, you know, when you look at what Cole was doing, like you said, it's a little critical. Number one, in order to get better, you have to be critical. Uh, whether that's someone you, that you that's close to you being critical of you and you taking that criticism, you listening to it and, and applying it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and, you know, the great ones are very critical of themselves. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, you know, I think that's, that's, an, that's an issue in this world in general. Like no one's allowed, you're not allowed to be critical of anything. And if you are critical of something that's against someone else's opinion or what they believe in, then you you get destroyed for it, and and it's like our world, like the game of basketball, is suffering from that. <laughs> but our world is suffering from a lack of critical opinions. Mm -hmm. Like if your opinion is not of the popular one, you get castrated for it. They've made it to where you kind of can't have conversation, right? And I'm not saying that we just gotta be apologetic to everything, but shit, like. There are different opinions, you know what I mean? And sometimes it's good to hear them opinions because you might you might learn some shit. And people ask me about Kevin, 
like, you used to talk mad shit about Kevin. I'm like, well, I still do. But talking to him, <laughs> he's made some good points about a lot of this shit. <laughs> Who would know better, right? So it's like, how stupid would I be to, to get the audience of Kevin Durant and then not hear what he has to say about <laughs> this, this shit? And so, but people, people just want to, they want to argue. They want to have one-ups. It's weird. You know, it's really weird. And I, I mean, I watch it happen to both of y'all. Like, I know why you brought it up. We just we just had it happen to you for two weeks straight or whatever. But, you know, everybody's not 100% right. And I feel like a lot of people, it's black and white for a lot of people. Whereas I could look at something you say and say, no, nah, this was a point. Like, I don't agree with all of this, but there's a couple points in here. He's on the ball. So I hear you. And I, I, I'm looking forward to the narrative around the sport changing and doing my part, doing our part to – to make that so, because uh, it, it can be draining. It can be draining as a fan. I know it's draining as a player. You just hear that shit constantly, and just that's that's all we get from the sport. So, no, definitely. Well, the reality when you can't have certain conversations because people aren't necessarily open to what they don't believe, you can't have those conversations. You can never have change. You know, so so you know everybody's running around talking about change, whether it's racial change, whether it's this change or that change, whether it's women's pay, like whether it's college athletes being paid, you're not like whenever someone says something of, of the other side of, of a different opinion, everybody, you know, the cancel culture and all this stuff, like everybody want to immediately shut it down. And it's like, well, if we can't talk about that other side of thinking, then how do, how do you change anything if one side is always shut down and something can only be viewed a certain way? Then what you have is just you, you always will have a standoff because this side is not going to allow you to even speak on, on your, your side of things. So it's just a standoff at all times. So, you know, as long as people continue to shut conversations down just because someone say something they don't believe or just because someone do something they don't believe should be done, as long as those conversations aren't able to be had, like I said, whether that's about race, whether that's about anything, as long as the other opinion is shut down, there won't, a lot of things won't change about whatever it is the change people are asking for. It's a dangerous game to go, yo, if you're of this opinion of thing, we will cut you out of everything. Because what if the other side gets power and they say, all right, now we're cutting you out. You know, like that's a dangerous game. And you kind of you see that happen like like in Hollywood, a celebrity will say something and shit. I, it'd be stuff I don't agree with. It'd be stuff that I think is offensive. And you, you just fire them or you just, you know, like you said, castrate them or whatever. But I'm like, shit, that sets a real dangerous precedence because it just takes one person who who's like for racism. And I'm like, yo, racism's bad. And it's like, well, I don't want you here. You're off my set. And you allow that power by being that, you know, closing that that door and, and, and doing like that. So, shit, I'll hear you. I'm with you. So, we're talking about narratives, right? It's a narrative going around that 2017, 2018, at the Warriors locker room, it was so much stuff that they don't know about. Right? I've heard this before. I'm trying to figure out what's the shit that people don't know about that's just like so like so secretive and top and, and confidential. I was wondering if you uh, if you knew, you know, what D West and, and Steve Kerr have been insinuating because I'm I'm lost. You know, I've heard 
not only Steve Kerr say that because Steve said it, but even when we, I think when we won the first championship, first or second championship, something like one of those championships, D West said it after after we won the championship. Yep. And you know, I got mad love for the OG D West. You Me know, too. I ride with D West. D West a real one. But when D West said that, my mom even asked me then, like, all of what going on? Yeah. Like, 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 all of what? And I was just like, Mom, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Thank like, you. She's like, I don't like I ain't know nothing was going on between y'all. And I'm like, Mom, honestly, I don't know what all the stuff that everybody don't know what's going on. And so I said all of that to say. I still don't know all the stuff. <laughs> Thank that you was for going confirming. Because <laughs> I've been telling people this. They're like, yo, what happened? I was like, yo, I really don't know what went on. Because, like, every, it was like Groundhog's Day. It was like amazing every day. Nobody got mm -hmm. into nothing. And everybody did their thing every day until we finished. It was like, what the fuck? What happened? I, I thought I thought some other shit outside. I, like D West got into some shit with somebody outside of us, maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> when he said that, I was like, huh? I mean, we yeah. we almost lost, but I mean, that's not that bad. <laughs> it's that bad, like <laughs> behind the scenes, like that's how fun. <laughs> Damn. So y'all didn't get no fights or nothing like that's. I thought y'all had multiple fist fights. I don't know what the hell he was what was going on. There. I hear that all the time. I thought y'all had all kind of shit going on. That's like the back to backs like gas for the DVD and shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, what the fuck? Nothing went on. Then Steve said it again. I was just like, all right, that's just that's just the gas. Now, yeah, like, you know? I, I, I mean, like any team, like anything, like people have bad days. You know what I'm saying? People get into it from from on a on occasions. Like that's any team. But the whole, so much stuff was going on, like, people don't know. Uh, I mean, 2017, when we won that championship in D-West, my mom was gone. I'm like, whoa, what I miss? What I miss, word. <laughs> Yo, some stuff, like, all right, we'll, we'll go viral real quick before we let Dre get, get back to his life. All right. Some stuff did happen. So yeah. let's talk about two stories that I want to know about as a fan. So... There's like conflicting stories about after game seven, 2016. Dre, I've, I've went viral kind of <laughs> laughing at you. I, I did like, I zoomed in on the Google map to Oracle, did a circle. said, this is where Draymond called KD from. And people thought it was hilarious. Tell us the story. Cause now we have both of y'all together. It's been like eight different ways. You, you guys lose. You're upset. You hate losing. Like you said, um, you know, it made a lot of sense already for Kevin to go there. It had already been discussed. It's not like this is the, you know, y'all. Kevin still made everybody fly out to talk to him and shit. It's not like this was what changed it. So what happens after 2016, after the finals? Kevin, you were out the country, right? Like you were like somewhere really far away. Yeah. So what happens? You, you, you're in the locker room, you, you're upset, uh, and then where? Where do we go from there? I didn't, I mean, I didn't heard a couple stories from my end. <clears throat> some text we sent some text on some just yo I, I seen that like you seen that I bet <laughs> that's really what it was bro <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it was and like, it wasn't like no 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 urgent FaceTime call like it was just like exactly yeah. what I just said like yo you seen what just happened We bet alright I'm on the way that's not nearly as dramatic like say left like it's done <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it was it was this whole narrative of like 
you call Kevin and you call Kevin crying from the parking lot. I'm like, yo, this shit can be like y'all added a theatrical sense to make this shit a movie. Like, you know, you you gotta make shit make shit for TV. You gotta add on a little. I know. So like people just start pouring on, bro. But I I wasn't about to come out and fight it. Like at the end of the day, it was just however y'all think Kevin got here. That's what, <laughs> Come on, and yeah, roll with that go shit. With that's it. what helps you out. Go with it. And also, OKC, this is for OKC fans, they thought me and Dre was hanging out, literally like chilling with each other during the conference finals. And when I heard that <laughs> shit, I was like, man, what the f- Who do y'all think I am? Who do you think? <laughs> who do you think Draymond would hang out with me during the conference finals, like over my house? Like, come on, stop. The bullshit. Exactly, bro. We we got we got we couldn't go to a restaurant where we would have dinner at because they said Katie and Russ coming in here. Y'all can't come. Here. <laughs> oh shit! Like, yeah, oh. y'all was hanging out. Like, bro, they wouldn't even let us go to dinner at a certain place because Katie and Russ was supposedly coming in. <laughs> More than likely, we didn't go in there. So that's how separated <laughs> our teams were during that time, yeah. man. Y'all wasn't golfing like Mike and Danny Ainge. Yeah, Damn. hell no. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but the old dudes swear they, they be, they'll kill us. Like, but they was golfing before games. Come on, man. Dre, I feel like three percent responsible. So I apologize for dramatizing everything. But that was fun stuff. Let's talk about. I do want to say, and it's a testament to both of y'all and and the people around you guys that this isn't like already something that's leaked and been in the news. Y'all have reconciled. Y'all have buried the hatchet. Y'all have had conversations. That next that. week. Yeah, so it's all love. Like, I don't want people to think, like, it's been beef for, t- for two years and now you guys are finally talking. Y'all have reconciled. Um, take us back to the Clippers game. Let's laugh about this because it's years ago and it's funny. Uh, I It's funny because I watched it. I was telling Kevin earlier. I watched it again. And it wasn't that bad, like, watching it now. Like, I could see this happening in any practice you guys have. Like, yo, you fucked that up. What are we doing? So, what? like, Kevin's upset he didn't get the ball. He's he's talking. He's doing whatever. He actually stops, and then you're talking, and it kind of, like, goes on. Take us back to that and kind of everything happened there. We'll, we'll, you first, Trey. Like, we'll, let's settle all the bullshit. Uh, I got the rebound, obviously, <laughs> and I took off up the court. <laughs> now, all right, now, 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 let's talk about that. It's way funnier because you fell. You went up the court and fell. And that's always crazy looking back. Like, oh, no, shit. No, and I'm going to tell you why I fell. So, <laughs> I get up the court. Kate clapping for the ball and I'm taking off. He's like, hey! <laughs> Come on! So, I take it. I'm driving up the court. Now, I got K. In my mind, this is all what's about to happen. K about to come in for the trail. I'm about to cut straight across the middle of the court. And I'm just about to pitch it back. He about to walk into the three. We're going home. We got a game tomorrow. We play the Hawks. <laughs> so this is how I'm envisioning this whole play happening. As I turn to go across the court for the pitch back, K had to completely stop coming. So I'm looking for him to come back. And as I'm looking for him to pitch back, I fucking dribble the ball off my foot looking for him. And, and like, the shit went all wrong. So, so I'm gonna give you my perspective from the rebound. What I thought was supposed to happen. See, because you thought, tried to get the rebound, you went for the rebound too. In my mind, this is going. This is how I played it out. We got to stop. I'm grabbing a rebound. I'm running up. As soon as I cross half court, I'm shooting it. That was the disconnect. 
that was it between us. Like, I wanted the moment. Draymond seen it in a different way. And then that was the clash. So I was just mm-hmm. like, I ain't run back because I was just like, damn, I ain't got this motherfucker in my hands right now. <laughs> I was so distraught. And then I snapped back into it by that time. Shea Gill just had already got his hand in there because he looked back and seen I wasn't really like mm. haul assing. Because I'm like, damn, I'm supposed to have this motherfucker pulling up. So mm. I'm like in another place. And then boom, we get back to the to the huddle. Then go ahead, Dre. <laughs> so we get back to the huddle. No, I'm walking off the court. I didn't turn that motherfucker over. And Kay yelling, give me the motherfucking ball. <laughs> And I'm just looking at him. And, and literally, my response was, I was fucking passing you the ball if you would have fucking ran. So we're walking back to the bench. And that's what said. And I sit to the right, K on my left. And he like two or three chairs over from me. Mm-hmm. And he leaned over and slapped the chair right next to me. Like, nigga, I said, give me the fucking ball. <laughs> and that's when I was like, yo. Hey, motherfucker, I do this too. Like, <laughs> I'm going to your ass the ball if you want fucking bitching. I do this too. Mm-hmm. One thing said another. We argue. DeMarcus pulls me apart, tell me to shut the fuck up. And I'm like, nah, that's bullshit. Then nobody said shit to Kay. And all he had to do was fucking run. And I was spending a pitch from the fucking ball back. That's bullshit. And then, in my opinion, from there, Everybody took it and like made it this whole thing. To me, it wasn't a big deal because Kevin has like through this whole run, the only person that would really cuss me out was Kevin. Mm -hmm. And so the only person that I've ever been cussed out by being him, very like often, I my fuck what the fuck you out here doing? (laughs) I get that bullshit. And so I will always get that from K. Yeah. So to me, it wasn't a big deal. Like, did we get into a bad argument? Yes. But as far as, like, me and Kay, like, yeah, he cussed me out all the fucking time. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking. Now, you, keep, you fast forward, and I, in my mind, the buildup of everything, the media coverage around it, the suspension, all of that, it only made it worse. Yeah. Like, when, when we got back from... When we got back from L.A. that night, Bob and Steve pulled me into the office and talked to me for an hour and 45 minutes. Shit. And I, and I told them right then and there, I said, yo, what the fuck are y'all talking about? Like, me and Kay got into it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Draymond, you crossed the line. You went overboard, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. I definitely said some things I shouldn't have said. But me and Kevin got into it. Like, why are y'all reacting like this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they go through this whole spill. And I told them right then and there. I said, if y'all think this is that bad, y'all should probably leave me the fuck alone then. Because if y'all think this is that bad, it ain't shit y'all can do to fix it. I am the only person can fix it if y'all think this shit is that bad. Ain't nothing y'all can do to fix it. Ain't nothing y'all can say. Ain't nothing you're going to do going to help. The only person that can fix it if y'all think this is that bad, it's me. So y'all probably should leave me alone. They told me, all right, after an hour and 45 minutes, you go home and you sleep on it, and we'll meet you in the morning. So I met them in the morning, and they were like, so what do you think? There's nothing y'all can do to fix anything. I'm the only person who can fix it. Mm-hmm. So y'all should just 
stay out the way, like y'all stayed out of the way of everything else, because I'm the only person can fix it. Me and Kay will be fine. I'll talk to Kay. He pissed off right now. Y'all want me to go apologize. He pissed. It's not going to go anywhere. How about y'all just let me talk to Kay when me and Kay talk? Nobody wanted to fucking listen. Mm-hmm. And I get suspended. <laughs> it blows the thing even more out of proportion once I get suspended. Then I fucking missed the next 10 games because of a toe injury. And now you've not seen us play for 11 games. Yeah. So the shit continues to fucking fester. Mm-hmm. And it takes on a complete life of its own that if they just would have fucking listened, <laughs> I'm the only person can fix it. And I'll talk to Kay. I think it would have been different. I was so irritated about like the exchange, like the certain shit that you said to me. I was just like, all right, niggas and talk shit before. Niggas and said this and that. I know niggas really don't mean it. I know what it is. I know what I bring to the team. Heat of the moment. <laughs> I was yeah, and I was just like, all right, all right, Dre went, all right, he he went too far in one of his little joints. Like, all right, I'm gonna talk to his ass about this shit next week and let him know what it really is with me. That's what I was on. I was so irritated because I knew the vultures was about to eat this shit up. Mm-hmm. I knew they was gonna use this to try to divide and separate me from the group. I knew they was gonna make it about, well, contract situation allowed this to do that and like i was just like come on i'm like don't sabotage it like that it's like yo we've seen this happen plenty of times like like let's focus on trying to win this three-peat and it just felt like you know everything that went on well what happened back with the clippers i was just like all right man i see what Mm -hmm. y'all trying to do you know what i'm saying so that was the irritating part because i knew it was going to happen but that like that next week man we was in dallas it was me clay Draymond, Rich in the room, and man, Dre. I sat Dre down like, bro, you don't act like this. It's not the. This not how you really are. And once we did that, we was just like, all right, bet. Let's go hoop. And after that, but everybody, like you said, took the life of his own, and it made it bigger. And it just now it's a part of our story. I was like, no, our our story is way bigger than that shit. Mm. <laughs> it's way more to what we did than that little shit. And like then to hear Steve say. What he said about like, I rather I have more fun coaching that next team than like, <laughs> come on, like don't say shit like that when you knew coming into work every day that you was that shit was like you rather this than fucking losing. You rather have to deal with two personalities like this than fucking losing twenty by twenty points every night. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like it, it just got too big to the point where it just got blown out of proportion. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Eddie. I play with that next team. I ain't have more fun. <laughs> tell you, dog. I, I ain't have more fun, man. I, I, I didn't have more fun. It wasn't that fun for me. I don't know. I might have missed it. I, I got to the love for Steve. Yeah, but I, I ain't get that one, Kerr. You know what I mean? I should add, like, it is a such thing as, like, work friends in the NBA. But y'all are more than that. So, like, y'all had that dynamic where we could talk shit to each other and then tomorrow I'll be like nothing, right? Y'all y'all are competitive by nature. You wouldn't be you guys if you weren't competitive. So, shit like that happened. Shit like that probably happened a bunch. Of, matter of fact, there are, like, incidents. Y'all, y'all went famous. Y'all have a famous meme of you kind of like, yo, come on, Kat. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do do you all remember that combo since we since that shit came up? Do y'all I remember, remember that, that combo? What are you telling them, man? You telling them like, yo, you can get her number, like go ahead, you got this? It like, was really the gas. Like <laughs> it was really the gas. Cause I was definitely gassing him up. Like, yo, can't nobody fuck with you. <laughs> yeah. Can't nobody fucking stop you. And I was sitting That's there just like saying. 
Yeah, nigga, I know. But yeah, I like this gas though. I ain't had this from nobody. I'm like, hey, if you do this, they can't fucking stop you. You go here, he's like, yep, you right. I know that's really what it was. That's exactly what it was. But the memes make it feel like that too. Motherfuckers ask me that. I'm like, yo, he really was gassing me that whole time. Nah, that's a go-to. I've sent that to Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) So now this year y'all played against each other. It was actually, you know, uh, your first time back. What was it like finally after all that shit, after all that we just talked about? Now y'all finally get to get on the court. Dre, you you didn't play in the the game in Brooklyn. Y'all finally played again. What was that like? And for y'all to be be competitive against one another now? Oh, I think, I think number one, we've been competitive against each other before but i think now it's 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 completely different because now like you've been to the mountaintop together you know what i'm saying you share y'all share a certain thing amongst y'all that not many other people share against y'all and that ties you together like it's just a natural tie there you know what i'm saying and so that makes the competition different now what does that also bring that brings me thinking, I know what he's trying to get to here. You know, like, <laughs> I know exactly what he's trying to get to. Whether you're going to stop it or not is a totally different story. But you do know what he's trying to get to there. If you go here, you know, you can tell a guy, yo, this is what he's trying to get to when he do this. Once again, if you stop it, that's a different story. But you know all of these mm-hmm. things. So it makes it makes the competition more fun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it makes – because it's – as – as important as it is to play well, as important as it is to be as skilled as Kevin is, to be, you know, to bring the things that I bring to the table, as it, it then becomes a chess match of uh, trying to get your guys to do X because you know that can possibly bother Kevin while he's trying to get his guys to do Z because he know that can bother me and fuck my game up. And so it becomes this chess match amongst y'all that I find fun and, yeah. and playing against like Kay and Andre, you know, like guys who we really went through all of this shit together. And like, I find that's the fun part I find it. And then trying to like win that chess match against each other. Like that's, that's always the fun part for me. Mm-hmm. It's just way more competitive. Like when we played y'all back in February, like you contested one of my shots, I was just like, "Fuck!" I like nobody else would have contested that. One. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, "He's seen that shit coming to my." I like pulled up at the at the nail or something like after like a pump fake, and I just like stopped on the diamond. Like you was just reading it the whole time, and then I got a one in the. Uh, you contested another shot. I'm just like, that's just familiarity. You know what I'm saying? It's just from being around each other and just knowing my tendencies, just watching that shit. And, like, somebody else I would have scored that on, but I'm just like, all right. But that made, like you said, make it fun. You know exactly how these dudes going to guard. You know he in your head. You know what I'm saying? And that's uh, when you got other guys that's in your head like that, it's fun. Y'all get to talking shit? Uh, how did that go? Drake, Kevin swears he does not talk shit on the court. I've contested no, this since I've been start. I don't start. I don't start. That's such bullshit. He, he swears, bro. We've talked about it a hundred times. I'm like, Kat, start, I watched man. you. <laughs> I just take it there when it's time. People ask me who is the biggest shit talker that you play against in the league. And to this day, it's Kevin. <laughs> That's crazy. And the thing about K is, K say shit that cuts you deep. You know what I'm saying? Like K is start to say shit to make to make you really feel less than as a basketball player. 
and the reality is it's not much you can really say back because you're not nicer. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not like like you your resume probably ain't gonna be nowhere near his. And so what can you really say back? So he gets to saying shit that really will cut you deep. And like that's the thing that's the thing about Kay. It's like, yeah, is he always talking? A little bit, but when he like what he's saying, he trying to like he'll he'll just cut you deep, and then like like nobody sits on the bench and mess with players coming in the game as much as he do. You know what I'm saying? Like you, hey, yo, I'm stop giving you, up my shit. <laughs> like the bottom fifty players in the league and ask them who talked the most shit to them from the bench when they playing. They say, yeah, I guarantee you, it's Kay. <laughs> It don't be that bad, dog. I just be having a little fun with them, you know what I mean? But if somebody start with me, I can't stop. No matter if it's like a year or two down, a couple months, it's just like I'm always going to remember that. Like Joe Young, what's his name? Joe, he play in, uh, He played for Indiana. I forget his name. He went. He Joe went to, Young, uh, the little guard. If I see his ass in the league, he got me one game. He got me out the game so bad. He talked so much shit to me. I had a shitty game that game. Cause I was focused on him. If I see him again, I'm on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> if you listening, Joe, I'm on your ass because you got me on my game one time. Hey, Joe, you left your mark, man. Yeah, you for your sure. Mark, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's gonna be a pace a Pacers blog, and they gonna light your ass up. <laughs> they gonna find the clips of you bricking and all kind I of know, shit. Yeah. Like, look at Joe Young, KD Kryptonite. <laughs> man, but shit, Drake. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on, bro. Thank you so much, man. This was fun. We got to do it again one time, man. I want to see y'all. Pl- now, after this, I want to see y'all play each other even more. So, I'm be looking forward to that. And, uh, again, appreciate you, Dre. I appreciate y'all having me, man. K, I appreciate the invite, brother. Like I said, you know it's always love. You know it's um, love, brother. Y'all keep believing what y'all want to believe, man. That's why I don't respond to y'all shit. Y'all just keep on <laughs> listening to what you listen to, reading what you read. Thinking you know <laughs> what you don't know. It is what it is, man. And we can end with that. Appreciate you, bro. No doubt, bro.